President Biden rolls out his cryptocurrency executive order. We go over the latest labor market data, cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. CrowdStrike delivers quarterly results, and Amazon announces a 24-1 stock split. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pound of the Table. Either way, we have to get right into the biggest headlines of the day. But first, where are the markets going and where have they been heading today? Well, Dow Jones closed up today, 653 points. NASDAQ closed up 459.9 points. And of course, the S&P 500 up 107 points. So a solid bounce back today. That's up 2% on the Dow, up 3.59% on the NASDAQ, and plus 2.57% on the S&P 500. Now, before we shift into the biggest headlines of the day, I also want to note tomorrow... We have a big time catalyst to watch, and that would be a CPI print. So keep your eyes out for that CPI print tomorrow. But shifting into the first headline of the day, it is this cryptocurrency executive order out of the Biden White House, digging into what in the world this all entails. It had actually six core focuses, those including financial stability, illicit activity, U.S. competitiveness in and on the global stage, of course, responsible innovation, financial inclusion, and consumer and investor protections. So a lot wrapped all up into this executive order. The cryptocurrency market did rally on this order out of the Biden administration. Pretty much what it outlines is that President Biden is attempting and is ordering all of these agencies um, to come together throughout the government and, in essence, provide a report on cryptocurrency and those six core factors in an attempt to determine, of course, how to create policy surrounding crypto. So that really seems to be the core focus of the Biden administration here. Now, if you really dig into this, President Biden, he did mention the energy cost, of course, baked into digital currencies. So climate change is one of the core focuses of this order. He pretty much said, look, guys, we need to assess how cryptocurrencies mining, for instance, affects climate change and create some policy around that. This order directed the Treasury to assess and, of course, come up with policy recommendations on the cryptocurrency market. He, quote, wants to ensure sufficient oversight and safeguard against any systematic financial risk posed by digital assets. So he wants to make sure that the economy is not drastically harmed by the cryptocurrency market. But at the same time, when he talks about the global stage, he basically wants to figure out a way to give the United States an edge within the cryptocurrency industry. He doesn't want to get rid of cryptocurrency. He wants to create responsible regulation around it. And when I say he, I mean President Joe Biden. He seems to be ordering all of these government agencies to come together and come up with reasonable policy and unquote reasonable policy um, to surround really this cryptocurrency market, this Web3 uh, industry that seems to be growing exponentially day to day. So really, the cryptocurrency market is seeing this as a very big positive because it's not the United States trying to get rid of crypto. It's the United States actually saying, look, guys, we want to come up with responsible policy surrounding cryptocurrency so the industry can grow safely and later down the road people can get involved seems to somewhat be the theme of this order now he also mentioned um and is pushing for a 
potential digital currency for the U.S. government. So he is actually urging research and development on a potential central bank digital currency. So he also pushed that. And once again, we have gotten some reports and comments out of the Federal Reserve on this as well. But that is really the sum of the order. Very broad, asking all of our agencies to come together in order to develop a report and later develop policy on the cryptocurrency industry but definitely nothing all too threatening when it comes to the market. Now, shifting into the latest labor market data, we have to cover this JOLTS report that we got out of the U.S. Department of Labor today, showing that nearly 4.3 million people quit their job in the month of January. Now, if you take a look, this actually approached the level or the record level that was set in November for quits. And also, if you take a look at 2021, 48 million people quit their jobs in that month or year, I should say. So in the month of January alone, we had 4.3 million people quitting in 2021 at 48 million. I mean, this is an annual record being set here in the year of 2021. And we get another crazy month of quits in January. So that is something to pay attention to. Now, it's also important to note that there were 11.3 million job openings And that is approaching or nearly the December record as well. So in all, what does this all mean for the labor market? Well, economists actually say these quits aren't bad. It actually shows that the labor market is quite strong and that what you are seeing is people are quitting their jobs because there's better opportunities for those people and they're going to a better job, which is a very interesting um, idea, which is a very interesting thought. And that is the thinking of many economists. So maybe these quits aren't all too bad and the labor market is definitely not doing really all too bad whatsoever at the moment now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day we need to jump in on morgan stanley reiterating apple as overweight the firm went on to say quote apple remains our top pick in it hardware given durable fundamentals predictable cash flows additional 2022 product launches and platform stability in an otherwise uncertain and volatile market backdrop. We also had Lindenberg and Company initiating coverage of Boeing as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, initiating coverage of Boeing with a buy rating driven by an accelerating commercial aerospace recovery and expectations that international travel returns to 75 to 80% of normal by the end of 2022. So pretty much Lindenberg and Company saying, Look, guys, we believe Boeing is well on its way to a comeback, and if everything goes right with the travel industry, they should do well. We also had Barclays reiterating Amazon as overweight today. The firm went on to say, quote, retail margins are starting to show stabilization in 2022 and continued mix shift to higher margin business units like AWS and ads. We see upward estimate revisions as likely this year. So, Barclays, pretty darn bullish on Amazon, reiterating it as overweight. We also had Bank of America downgrading PayPal to neutral from buy. The firm went on to say, quote, 2022 is a transition year as PayPal pursues a strategic pivot, emphasizing average revenue per user, ARPU, over net new customer ads while coping with the ongoing pressures from inflation and supply chain dynamics. So, Bank of America not really liking what they're seeing at PayPal, um, downgrading it to neutral from buy in essence because they're going through a major transition over at the company. 
and that could result in some more volatile uh, stock movement. Now, shifting into Oppenheimer, upgrading booking holdings to outperform from market perform. The firm went on to say, quote, we believe BKNG, or booking holdings, investing aggressively into the recovery will yield higher share gains to sustain a low 20s PE multiple and believe looser international restrictions should drive a faster travel recovery, offsetting pockets of geopolitical volatility. So it seems... Oppenheimer believes that this company is going to do quite well, especially as the travel industry internationally also comes back. So that's going to be something to pay attention to. Now, we also had Wedbush upgrading Netflix to neutral from underperform. The firm went on to say, quote, while we do not anticipate significant share price appreciation in the near term, Netflix's first mover advantage in large subscriber base provides the company with a nearly insurmountable competitive advantage over its streaming peers. So, Wedbush saying here, look guys, we don't expect this stock to appreciate overnight. We don't expect it to skyrocket in the coming weeks and months, but we do expect it to not do all too bad given its edge and given its first mover advantage in the streaming space. Now we also had Bank of America reiterating CrowdStrike as a buy today and this is our final call of the day. CrowdStrike well, what in the world did Bank of America have to say about the company? Well, they go on to say, quote, CrowdStrike is set to report fourth quarter results on March 9th. That's today, by the way, 2022. And we expect another strong quarter, similar to that of the second quarter and third quarter. With growth in annual recurring revenue and subscription revenues, which should continue the trend up as a percentage of total revenues. So it seems that Bank of America is pretty darn bullish on CrowdStrike, reiterating it as a buy. And speaking of the company CrowdStrike, we got their earnings today after the bell. So let's go through those real quick. We had revenue, total revenue, coming in at $431 million. That's up 63% year over year compared to the $264.9 million in the fourth quarter of 2021. Now you shift in and break these revenues down. Subscription revenue came in at $405.4 million. That's up 66% year over year compared to the $244.7 million um, in the fourth quarter of 2021. So a very impressive uh, revenue growth right there coming out of CrowdStrike. You shift into annual recurring revenue and that increased 65% year over year. It grew to $1.73 billion as of January 31st, which is important to note. And if you take a look, $216.9 million was net new ARR added throughout the quarter. Now, shifting into subscription gross margins, the GAAP subscription gross margin was 76% compared to 78% in the fourth quarter of 2021. So that margin coming down a bit, that is a negative. You take a look at income loss from operations and they delivered a loss from operations of $23.5 million, which was greater than the $15.8 million loss from operations in the fourth quarter of 2021. So subscription gross margins declining income or loss from operations worsening a tad bit year over year. Net income coming in at a net loss, $42 million compared to $19 million same time last year. So that net loss widening a bit as well, not really a positive, but you take a look at cash flow, net cash generated from operations coming in at $159.7 million compared to $114.5 million um, in the fourth quarter of last year. And free cash flow also improved to $127.3 million compared to the same time 2021 level of $97.4 million. So overall, not all too bad. Revenue coming in pretty darn solid. Annual recurring revenue. Excellent. You take a look. Subscription gross margins took a slight hit, only 2% down. 
income, loss from operations, and net loss widening, but cash flows drastically improving. So a lot of positives and a few negatives coming out of the latest report from CrowdStrike on earnings. Now, finally, shifting into our last headline of the day, we need to talk about Amazon announcing a 24-1 stock split and a $10 billion buyback. So, in essence, today after the bell, we saw Amazon shares absolutely soaring 10% at one point because Amazon has officially announced their board of directors has approved a 24-for-1 stock split and also they are now planning on buying back or a buyback plan of $10 billion worth of Amazon shares. So some big moves being made over at Amazon. Once again, a 24-for-1 stock split and a $10 billion buyback plan, which is pretty much just them buying back $10 billion in Amazon shares. But that is the briefing for the day. Those are the biggest headlines of the day. Now, before we go, I need to ask you all to go check out my boys at Pun in the Table. My fellow team members, give them a listen. They put on an excellent podcast every single weekend, or at least nearly every single weekend. They have the biggest guest in the financial space, and you really should go give them a listen. I love the podcast. I absolutely love it, and I listen to it whenever there's a new episode. So, you can check out Pun in the Table anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, including Apple Podcast, and also please go give me and my team a listen at Running With The Money on Facebook and Instagram or at Luke Danae on Twitter, and you can listen to us, well, anywhere you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow.